My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. With me on the show today is Michael Levitt. Michael, welcome to the show. Great to be here today. Uh, so, uh, you know, I want to jump in. I want to be mindful of your time. So uh, why don't we just uh, jumpstart this with uh, you telling us and uh, me and the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I am the founder of an organization called Breakfast Leadership. I launched it a few years ago, basically because of an observation and my personal journey, which I know we'll get into a bit. Um, but I noticed, uh, first off, in the healthcare sector that I was working in at the time, but obviously it's across every sector, uh, the dramatic increase in people that are burned out and really stressed beyond belief. And I had my own personal journey with burnout back in 2009 and 2010 that pretty much cost me everything. And after rebuilding and reinventing myself, I thought, okay, life is good. And I started looking around and I started seeing so many people they were going down the same path that I did, and it really scared me. So I decided I needed to do something about it because I knew what the signs were, and I knew how to come out of it uh, to make sure that uh, burnout wouldn't come back again. So launched the business uh, and you know, started a podcast show and writing and writing books and all kinds of fun stuff. It's been a wild, wild ride so far. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it. Uh, so... Uh Obviously, your work and will inform this a little bit. But uh, what would you? Uh, how would you describe your uh, your leadership philosophy and how you're how you're living that? My leadership philosophy is to lead by serving, and that has evolved over time because I've always had that mandate. But before my burnout situation, I was serving to the point where I wasn't serving myself first, and basically I was running on fumes. Uh, when I was serving, you know, the people that work for me and the organization and the community, and realized that the best way you can serve uh, is to make sure that you are at your optimum best, because in that way, when you are serving, the recipients are getting the best version of you, and you're doing it from a state of full energy, full health, uh, clarity, and they get so much more out of you without you, you know, stressing and burning out, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been something that, you know, I've adapted to and, you know, really thrive to do. And I set the example, you know, I, it, you know, executives and leaders that are working 20 hour days is not setting a good example for people. You're not getting anything more done by working those extra hours. And you know, we see the stats all the time where, you know, productivity levels drop off dramatically after maybe three or four hours of work. So you have to account for that and put in the time, but also put in the time to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, eventually it catches up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I, th I keep thinking about all the times that I've, uh, put in more hours and if I've actually gotten more work done, uh, and usually, uh, the answer is no. Yeah, it's, that's what I discovered myself. And I scaled things back and I have a really hard boundary around the time that I work. 
and the time that I check emails, the time that I respond to emails. And I still accomplish everything that I need to do. And I still am able to do the things that I like to do outside of a work environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned your uh, personal connection to the topic of burnout. Uh, so, and we've heard that a lot. Uh, you know, it's like in the Harvard Business Review, there are books, there are articles. Uh, and so how uh, would you, how would you define burnout to, uh, to kind of add to that conversation? My definition of burnout is when you no longer enjoy life. Um, you're both physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted to the point where you're almost numb, where mm. you, 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 you don't taste food anymore. You stop going to things that you used to go to, like concerts or sporting events, out to dinner with friends. And even if you are going to those things, you are beyond checked out because you are thinking about so many things and you're trying to accomplish so many things. You're thinking about work, home life, relationships, and you, you think, okay, if I work just a little bit harder, I'll get past this. Well, the spoiler alert is you won't. Um, I know what that's like because I went through that and I thought, okay, I just this is a short season. I'll be able to get through that. If you're an accountant, yeah, tax season is a short window of time. And yes, you're going to be working extra hours. That's the, the expectation of the role. But if you are working those types of hours day after day, month after month, year after year, it catches up to you. And burnout is not something that happens overnight. Uh, it builds up innocently over time. And I find a lot of the people that I deal with um, innocently, of course, we're trying to make something better, whether it's at work or at home or a combination thereof. And what happens is they end up shortchanging themselves because they quote unquote run out of time and they figure, okay, well, I'm going to skip going out to this dinner meeting that I really enjoy so I can work on this project or I'm going to skip date night and because I need to get this thing done. And one-offs, they're going to happen in life, but when it starts becoming a pattern, you end up on this hamster wheel and it just keeps spinning and spinning and there's no way for you to be able to recover from it until you either crash and burn or other things happen that can be pretty catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think, uh, I work with my, my student leaders on campus, um, you know, talking about your commitments and uh, what competing commitments you have that, uh, you know, prompt you for those one-offs, but uh, how to catch the pattern. And I just, I know that it's connected to burnout, but I just never made the uh, explicit connection. So, Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, too, and I see it with, you know, different people, different genders, different races, uh, but there's some common elements that I find uh, – I, a lot of them are really driven, successful, type A personalities that really want to make an impact in the world. And they want to be the best version of themselves. But they don't establish the boundaries around it to say, okay, this is when I'm going to be working on this. This is when I'm not going to be working on it. And mm -hmm. we've seen it. You know, when the state of New York comes up with legislation that would restrict the hours that an employer can email an employee uh, 
because of burnout um, concerns. That says a lot. I mean, when I first heard about that legislation, which was introduced last year in 2018, my original response to that is I thought it was, you know, the newspaper, the onion, the satire uh, mm-hmm. paper. And mm-hmm. I think I thought it was an onion article. I'm like, yeah, New York is telling people, no, you can't work after certain many hours. I mean, that's the city that never sleeps. What are you talking about? Right. But it's legit. And because what's happened is with technology and email and smartphones, we are always connected and we don't take the opportunity to what I like to refer to, and my brother gave it this nickname, you know, we, we, we play with our eye binkies so often. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use them for our work, we use them for home, we use them, they're this wonderful device. And I love my iPhone. And I had an Android before, and I loved that phone too. But at the end of the day, when you use it for so many different aspects of your life, there is a concern that you will be connected to this thing and you don't disconnect. I see it all the time. I work, my offices are in downtown Toronto, so I see tons of people walking the sidewalks. And out of every 10 people, I'm guessing four or five have their faces in their phone as they're crossing the street. Now, there's cars and other people and all of that, and I'm looking at them going, if there was an open manhole cover, they're dropping right down before they even know it hit them. It's like people, we need to take a step back and again, create this boundary around our life to say, okay, we're going to spend some time doing this, but also some time just doing nothing, just being, stare at the wall, um, look out at nature. Um, autumn, at the time of this recording, you know, autumn is coming, so the leaves will be changing and all the other stuff that happens during this time of se- season in, 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 in the, the northwest and you know, midwest areas that, you know, that I'm based out of. Mm-hmm. So when you miss these opportunities, in enjoying life because you're so busy working and doing these other things, uh, it's going to take a toll on you, both physically and mentally and spiritually. Yeah. So um, you mentioned and touched on this briefly earlier that, um, you know, you experience this for yourself and nearly cost you everything. And so um, how did you get from there uh because that's what uh, sound. It sounds to me like that's what prompted the the journey to writing, to speaking, to podcasting, those sorts of things. Uh, so, how did you get from there to where you are now? Yeah, what it, you know, I'll be real brief on it. You know, back in two thousand nine, over a period of three hundred sixty nine days, so just over a year. Um, at age forty, I had a heart attack that should have killed me. Um, I lost my job during the economic recession. A family vehicle was repossessed, and then finally, uh, our home was foreclosed. So all of those things happened in a period of one year. Oh, my gosh. And when you go through a year of worst-case scenarios like that, um, you've got choices. Either A, you can not change anything and say, well, you know, I survived all that. Here I am. Away I go. You can choose the victim card and start blaming everybody for all of these things. You know, I could have blamed the fast food restaurants for feeding me junk food instead of me taking accountability of ordering it um, or blaming the bank for taking away our vehicle when, well, when you don't make car payments, that's kind of the deal. They're going to say, hey, we, we had an agreement. You give us money, we'll let you have this car. You quit giving us money, 
you're going to lose the car. It's so I'm I'm I've never been upset with any of those entities that caused you know that year. Or the the final choice was reinvent yourself, and that's the option I took because I realized that that was no way how I want my life to continue, uh, and. I knew that it was going to be difficult. It's hard to reinvent yourself uh, at any age, especially when you've been an adult for a while. So I took advantage of it, and I thought, okay, I've got this second chance at life. What am I going to do with it? And what I did was I reinvented myself. I changed my eating habits, my activity habits, my my decision making, and beliefs. You know, to say, okay, why? You know, and, and look back at how I made decisions in the past and see, okay, why did I make those choices that way in a non-judgmental way? Because when you're rebuilding yourself and reinventing yourself, you, you, you can't judge yourself on it. You just have to observe it without any judgment or, or condemnation or anything like that. And just, you know, look at it and go, okay, I, I, I see why I made that decision that way. What can I do now that'll be better for me? And after going through this exercise, and it took a few years for me to be able to do this, you know, by 2015, you know, life was really good. Um, you know, I had back in, you know, a decent career uh, in healthcare. You know, everything was going well. My health was good. You know, I'd lost a bunch of weight. Everything was, was great. But as I noticed my counterparts in the healthcare sector, they were all going down burnout road. And it scared me. And I said, okay, I need to do something about this. So I would talk with them, but much like myself, if you would have approached me during the height of my burnout and said, you need some help, you need to take some time off, you need to do some things, I wouldn't have followed through because usually the last person that knows that they're burned out is themselves. Everybody else around them recognizes. They may not know it as burnout, but they know, okay, they're stressed out. Right. So for me... After you know, talking with these people and realizing, okay, I'm not making any headway here. So what can I do to start bringing awareness to this? So I started researching burnout, started writing about it. You know, launched my podcast in 2017. You know, I've written a couple books. I'm writing another one that'll be coming out next year, uh, more focused on 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 the burnout side of things. Um, the previous books were more workplace culture, and then of course the I wrote about the 369 days, but the, the key for me was I know how to go through life without being burned out. I can accomplish a lot of things and do a lot of things, but still have a life that I choose to have because I think a lot of people forget that their life is their life. It's not their boss's life. It's not their lover's life. It's not their kid's life. It's theirs. You get to choose how you live your life. Um, it's yours, um, period, end of story. And a lot of people, for some reason, delegate that or give their power away uh, to how they want to live their life. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you, you have to take into control. And, of course, there's all kinds of different factors, you know, with whether it's financial situations or work or marital situation. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of factors involved. And I see a lot of times people will use those as excuses. It's like, well, there's still ways to navigate around those things without you know shortchanging yourself uh, and you know it's a often it's an exercise that can be difficult for some people but if they realize that they don't want to continue down the path that they're on 
um, it's it's crucial for them to be able to make those choices to take back control of their life. Yeah, and I think that I've I've seen. Um, I mean, it's certainly true for myself that I see the circumstances as uh, limitations, and so in a emotional decision making process, uh, it is as if there are no options. Uh, or the desired goal that I'm just not in a state to achieve. Uh, and so I think that the, the certain life circumstances and things, uh, like I've, I've been trying to make a conscious effort, right? To, uh, reframe them as, uh, okay, that's happening. But so what? What, what can we do instead? Uh, cause I know it's not nothing, uh, you know, logically. Agreed. Yeah, and it's and again, it's giving yourself permission to look at things in a different light and and accept things for what they are, and don't add any additional you know, ingredients to it or concerns. And that's something that we tend to do is when we encounter a situation, we're going to use our brain and our memories to figure out, okay, this is how we navigate around it. You know, a lot of it, you know. A lot of the work is the amygdala in our brain that, you know, is that fight or flight type of situation. So we tend to defer to, okay, this could be a problem and, you know, we kind of get a little anxious about some things. But to take a step back and go, okay, what is the situation? What's going on with it? Who are the players? You know, let's figure out a way to get through this um, in in a way that is easier uh, to go through it. You know, and this is a great leadership tip is – you know, yes, we can lean on our previous experiences, but everything um, also brings some new items to it. So being have that clarity where you can you know, take a look at it, take a step back, and you know, clearly you know, navigate uh, to the best of your ability through it um, goes a long way. And, and I've seen this a lot. I'm sure you have too. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now about – I'm seeing a lot of people talk about embracing failure. Now, you know, the way they're putting it is, look, we're humans, we're going to make mistakes. But we have to approach it in such a way where we don't treat every failure as catastrophic. Right. And I think a lot of people are so afraid of failure that their anxiety gets up, their stress goes up, and then over a prolonged period of time, it turns into burnout just because they're afraid to make a mistake. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You know, own it and say, okay, here's what happened. Use it as a learning opportunity. Don't repeat it. And, and away you go. And But I think you know, that boils down to you know, the type of organization you're in or oftentimes I see people you know, they had some childhood trauma around making mistakes or spilling milk or something like that. If they had a negative experience growing up by making mistakes, that carries through. Uh, right. Unless they addressed it um, with with some counseling or um, some development to figure out how to navigate around those things, so you don't, you know, pardon the pun, cry over spilled milk. Right. So, uh, you know, Michael, off of this, how, how uh, have you seen um, since you started your work in this area? Uh, when uh, do you think people uh, are starting to get it? Uh, do you think, uh, have you, like, have you seen a moment in which someone has like that light bulb moment about burnout and how to prevent it? 
I, I think we're as funny as this sounds. I think we're still a little bit early into the whole awareness of burnout. We're seeing a lot of um, talk about it. There's a lot of materials on there. Uh, Ariana Huffington with her Thrive Global is bringing a ton of awareness to this. You know, we're seeing some YouTube influencers recording videos saying that they're taking a break because they're burned out, and and people are going, oh, wow, okay, and but they're not going into that next level of really doing some deep self-reflection to see, okay, what caused this? Yes, you can sleep more. Yes, you can take vacations. Yes, you can eat better. Uh, you can be consistent in your schedule. And all of those things help. But unless you figure out what caused the burnout in the first place, uh, the likelihood of it happening again is pretty high because, you know, as I had alluded to uh, earlier, I think, or if not, then um, a lot of things that I hear with people to say that they've had burnout is that, yeah, I've had burnout a couple times or I've been burnt out three or four times. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself with my burnout was once and I'm like, I don't want to go through that again. Why in the world would you go through it three or four times? Right. It's like, okay, that's, you turned on the tea kettle, it's a metal one, so the outside gets hot, and you keep grabbing it on the side instead of by the handle, and you keep getting burned. Um, maybe turn it so you grab the handle, or get a different teapot. I don't know, but they, they, everybody keeps going back to that thing, and they're wondering, okay, why did I get burned? Well, you grabbed something that was going to burn you. That's that's why. And, and for me, when I do have people get that awareness, um, it's... It's really heartwarming to see, quite frankly, because then they realize, okay, they have control to be able to get through it. And it's very methodical, depending on the person. You know, sometimes the degree of their burnout can be pretty extreme or it can be mild. Um, it's never fun, but when we figure out, okay, what, what caused it so we can address it to never happen again is important. But using a medical terminology, the first thing that I do with people is like, okay, let's stop the bleeding. Let's, let's at least get you back to a normal state. And then once we get them to a more stable situation, that's when clarity can present itself yeah. and they can look at things. Because if you're at the height of burnout or stress, you're not going to retain anything. Um, your memory is suspect at best. You know, you could have, and I've seen this, and I remember, you know, having conversations when I was burned out with friends, and they would say something to me, and I'm listening to them and looking at them, but I didn't hear a single word they said because mm -hmm. my brain was somewhere else. Right. And they looked at me and said, "Did you even hear what I said?" And it wasn't regarding me or anything like that it was like oh no sorry my mind drifted off somewhere um and i think that's part of it too is you know getting back to a more present state and oftentimes with people that are stressed and burned out um, they're anywhere but present yeah yeah i think mindfulness has been something uh you know i've talked about on the podcast before it's something that i'm trying to get better at myself uh because i think it's a huge piece of uh of of reflection, of course, but, uh, you know, dealing with stress and, you know, all of that. Yeah, it's crucial. And, you know, for everybody, it's different. You know, some people, you know, I would recommend, you know, definitely taking up yoga or meditation or, you know, get, you know, a little bit more in gear with, with mindfulness. 
or simple just you know breathing you know just you know and and you can do that anywhere and you're not going to raise any attention to anybody if you're breathing Uh, maybe if if you stop breathing hopefully you'll you'll get people's attention but uh, when it comes to you know taking some deep breaths you know you you can do it and it's it works you know it it lowers your blood pressure it gets you more present it it relaxes your your muscles and it does a, a, a ton of work and you know, I know people that you know do breath work, and you know some of the stuff that they do is is pretty amazing. And again, that's one of those things where some people may benefit from it, others don't. Uh, but it's a it's a situation where you have to make it time for yourself. And you know, when people say they don't have time, I ask them, okay, how do you spend your time? Because last time I checked, we all get 24 hours, and how we choose to use them is going to dictate how well we run. Mm-hmm. And if we're for not taking care of ourselves and you know being you know somewhat active at, at minimum and um, our our diets consist of ordering through a speaker right. uh, all the time. I'm again, I'm not telling people don't do that. I'm telling people don't do that 3 meals a day, 7 days a week. That that creates problems and right. gets you on cholesterol medication and uh, maybe some other stuff too. Uh, you, you don't want that. You want you want to be able to, you know, do the things that you need to do and take better care of yourself and and just do some things for you. And one of the exercises I have people do, and every time I have them do this, they groan at the part B of it. Is I take have them take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle of it, uh, a, a vertical line, and on the left side write down all the things that they love doing or experiencing. So things that bring them joy and happiness and fulfillment. And I have them do this for a few minutes and try to be as complete as they can on the list. They can always go back and fill out more. But once they feel that they've got a pretty good list of things on the right side of that line, I have them write down the last time they did those things. And 99% of the time, the majority of that list they haven't done in a very long time. And I asked them, okay, why aren't you doing things that you enjoy to do? And they'll say, well, we don't have time. I said, you got Netflix? Yeah. How many hours of that do you watch a day? Three or four. Okay. How many hours would it take for you to go once a week to that favorite coffee shop that you listed and sit down and have a cup of coffee for 30 minutes? I think you could skip one episode of whatever show you're watching to go do that. Yeah. And it's people when they're burned out and stressed, they're they're so they're working so hard to try to compensate, to try to catch up and fix whatever can't be fixed, and they're not taking care of themselves. And eventually, they're not going to be able to fix anything, and they're going to start making more mistakes at work. They're going to start being more irritable with their friends and loved ones, and it just has a domino effect. And it's because they stop doing things that they enjoy doing. I'm like, okay, what's the purpose of life then? If you're not going to do things that you enjoy, why? What, what's going on? Why Why did you cut those things out? Add them back. Now, of course, if on that list is you know a trip to Paris, okay, yeah, you may not be able to do that every week, but maybe once every couple of years. You know, most of the things that I see on these lists either cost no money or very little. So even if there's financial challenges, it's like you can still go to the park. They haven't started charging a mission to that yet as far as I know. Right. 
so you can get out and go for a walk, go do the, just go for a drive. What things that you enjoy doing that doesn't really cost you anything, you know, put those back in, schedule them. And you know, the final point I have on that list is I tell them to pick two or three things and put it on their calendar to do in the next 10 days and treat it as if it was the most important meeting they would ever have with their boss. Don't cancel it. Don't reschedule it. And put it on a time that you can do it and go do it. And then afterwards, you know, write down how you feel about it. At first, they feel kind of awkward, like you know, teenagers dating. You know, it's right. like, they feel a little weird. Yeah. But then, they, then because their body is in conflict, where they're like, "Wait a minute, I just did something for me." And once they introduce that, it's a it's a harmony. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying go you know the full pendulum and just be selfish and don't do anything for anybody and just take care of yourself. But you got to move that pendulum over a little bit more closer to center if you can. And right. When they do that, it it makes a pretty, pretty dramatic difference on helping them kind of get back to that normal state we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know uh, what's interesting about uh, the pieces of advice you share, Michael, is that um, you know I've always. Um, I've always seen people who, you know, are at fear, have a fear of failure or are most at risk of burning out because they're putting in so many hours, all kind of having this like individualistic kind of mindset, uh, that, you know, we're, we're living in, right? Uh, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta do this thing, uh, as a, as an individual, uh, you know, all of these things. And so for some people, it's, it might be difficult to, uh, set boundaries. Uh, one of the pieces of advice earlier you shared was setting boundaries around, around work, uh, and kind of giving yourself those definitive moments to say, all right, at this time I am done, uh, and nothing else will happen, uh, work related. So how, how would you advise somebody to, uh, kind of get, get more in the habit of doing that for themselves? I'm a big fan of, the calendar now some people use a paper calendar some use the calendar on their phone uh, it doesn't matter what what calendar they do whatever however they track their time and if they're not tracking their time that's the first exercise is like okay start tracking your time and most people um, especially if they're in an office setting or any type of work you know there's certain hours of the day that they know they're going to be doing something so you have those things scheduled but for me one of the things i have them do is schedule more personal time on your calendar and, and color code it and you know and I tell them you know pick your favorite color if you can so you know mine happens to be blue so my personal time on my calendar is blue you know work is you know kind of an orangish yellow um, somewhat of the sun because my my business logo is has the sun in it or it's supposed to be an egg that looks like the sun but anyway sure. so it, man, as close as I could get to that color so I can look at my calendar and I can go, okay, I can look at past the past week or the past month or the past quarter, and I better see a pretty decent balance of blue and the other color. Because if I don't, then I know right now that I'm a little bit out of balance and I can correct it early. Because that's the thing. If you catch something earlier, you can prevent it from becoming a problem. So I tell them, schedule your lunches. Schedule going to the park or whatever they enjoy doing, those coffee breaks or going to the movies. So they schedule it. They laugh and they go, why would I schedule that? I said, you want to be able to look and see how you're spending your time. 
And if you're, you're spending too much time on work and not enough time on self-care, self-development, self-joy, whatever, um, that will catch up. So yes, there's going to be days and, and potentially weeks that are going to be a little bit unbalanced when it comes to these things. But as long as it balances out over time, you're going to be fine. And for me, again, being such a huge fan of the calendar, I know for example, that autumn tends to be a busier than normal time for me. Last autumn was absolutely crazy as far as travel schedule and going to conferences and had a couple vacations built in. So I, I definitely got my fill of the airport. Uh, and so I realized this year early on that I wasn't really keen on going through that same type of routine again this fall. So I was very selective on on what I was doing. So what I ended up doing is I shifted stuff a little bit, you know, earlier in the year and then you know, during the summer months, where you know normally a lot of people take more time off in the summer to relax and things like that. Where my summer was actually pretty busy, um, you know, relatively speaking. And I didn't overload my schedule, but I didn't you know take a ton of time off because I knew that in the fall I was going to be taking you know trips every month, and I thought you know what instead of you know, landing and getting off the plane and jumping right into a work situation. No, I need to have a little bit more elbow room. So, literally blocked off blocks in my calendar uh, for that. And you know, thankfully, I've got the ability and control to do that. But even if you're working in a nine to five, you know, set those boundaries. Now, you need to have a conversation with your boss if your boss is emailing you at all hours of the day. Um, figure out what the expectation is. And, you know, this, this can be a delicate conversation, but I you know, work with people on how do they approach sure. it so it doesn't come off as confrontational. You know, it's, you know, it's a case of explaining to your boss that, that, you know, your optimum performance times and clarity and all of this stuff are between these hours. Would it be okay if I respond to email during these hours? If it's a true emergency, then... There's there, which, uh, you know, true emergency in, in an office setting compared to um, tr an emergency in an emergency room can be two different things. See, everyone's definition of emergency is different. So you want to get clear on that with, with your boss as well. What's an emergency, what's not? And, and by doing that, it, it can help you, you know, kind of shorten up that workday a little bit and still get the things done. And what happens, and we see it time and time again, that when you're focused, and you know, I know Cal Newport wrote the book Deep Work. Love that book because it's it's it reminds you. It's like when you're working, work. You know, don't go on Instagram, don't be on your phone. Work, put that work in because when you do that, you're focused and your energy and your attention is on that. So you're going to do a really good job at that. And when you do that, you'll actually, in all likelihood, finish things quicker than if you were working on it for a couple minutes. Okay, let's check what's going on, on Instagram. Go back, back forth, back forth. Um, because interruptions, every time we get interrupted, it takes our brain several minutes to get back in gear to what we were working on. Right. And that's an exercise I have people do as well is track their interruptions. And they are alarmed how many interruptions they get in a day. It's like, well, no wonder you can't get anything done. Right. You get, you got people coming to your cubicle or calling your phone or texting you or doing stuff like that, you know, 50 or 60 times in an eight hour period. Um, you know, you're going to have to have, you know, closed door sessions, even if you're in a cubicle, you know, figure out some kind of way so you can actually deep work on some things. And when you do, 
quality of your work's better and you're not as stressed because you're you know you're you've allocated this period of time to work just on this and you get it done and i think that's ultimately a, a leadership thing as well is there's some something to be said about completing things right and actually taking a moment not saying all day but take a moment and celebrate that you've completed something yeah so, celebrating the wins exactly and when you do that, you get in the habit and you, you basically you get addicted to it. So you're like, okay, well, we finished another project, woo you know, and everybody's excited and all that. And so few organizations, you know, take even a minute, it could be 20 minutes and, and celebrate, you know, the completion of a project or a big win as far as clients or the end of the school year or the beginning of the school year or, you know, winter break, whatever the case may be, you know, celebrate because those are, those are plateaus that we hit in life. And, I think too often we just blow right past that exit and we keep on going without taking a moment to reflect and and say, okay, what worked well, what, what can we do better in the next quarter or next month? And it's, there's there's so much that leads into burnout and there's so many ways to prevent it. And it's just a case of giving yourself permission to do it. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Michael, I think we've touched on all of the questions that I, uh, that I've got for you. Uh, Great. Is there anything else that you didn't get out that you that you want to? Well, I, I think just highlight to people that they need to give themselves permission to you know, take better care of themselves uh, to the point where they can you know, rid themselves of burnout once and for all, and and do it in such a way that makes them you know more productive at work, you know, a better parent, a better spouse, a better friend. A better member of society because if you're rested and you're operating at your full capacity, what you're delivering and what you're serving to people is better than what you would be doing if you're working those long hours. It's just going to be better for society and everybody involved. And you'll be able to go to bed at night knowing you've done, you know, great work today. And uh, you can continue doing that and, and have restful sleep and, and live the life that you deserve to live. Yeah. Uh, Michael, again, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to be on the show. Uh, I really appreciate our conversation. Uh, certainly made me think of a, of a few things I need to start implementing for myself, for sure. That's great. No, I appreciate the time today. Uh, and listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember that you can listen to the podcast wherever. You listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and help the show grow. You can also follow me on social media, Twitter at MC Leadership Guy, Instagram at MC underscore Leadership Guy, uh, and make sure that uh, you follow along all my speaking and coaching adventures at www.jakespeaks.org. Until next time, take care. <laughs>